we've all heard the age old proverb. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Well, it looks like Poland didn't get that memo. Transfer pricing in this central European country is changing faster than you can say kielbasa. In order to grasp Poland's current tax climate, let's rewind back to early 2019. The UK is planning another attempt at Brexit. The seeds of a trade war are starting to sprout in the White House. And the only coronavirus we know of is called a hangover. Over in Central Europe, Poland's pretty busy too. The Ministry of Finance has just released new transfer pricing regulations, amendments to 2017's mandatory master file, local file, and country-by-country report documentation requirements. BEPS Action 13 just keeps on giving. And what's this? Poland's new regulations take a relaxed approach to transfer pricing? Relaxed transfer pricing requirements. Excuse me while I attend my flying pig. Hello, everyone. It's Matthew DeMello, your host of The Fiona Show, Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. Today, we're putting transfer pricing in Poland under the microscope. And just in case you're getting too comfortable with the country's easygoing approach to transfer pricing, here's a little wake-up call we like to refer to as Doc 6. As you know, the EU directive mandates a whole new level of scrutiny that begins on July 1st, 2020. But in Poland, the directive is already in full swing and has been since January 2019. So why would a country that takes such a relaxed approach to transfer pricing jumpstart a hands-on directive a whole 18 months before it's actually required? Well, don't look at me. To answer those types of hard-hitting and, well, just plain hard questions, we have Milena Kanuska-Srodeka, Cross-Border Solutions Senior Economist and Expert on Transfer Pricing in Poland. And she, along with Chief Economist Mimi Song, will chart the ever-changing Polish tax landscape. Of course, you can earn a CPE credit just for listening to this podcast. Here's how it works. We're planting three CPE code words in this episode. Send all three words to Fiona at thefionashow at xbs.ai. Again, that's thefionashow, all one word, at xbs.ai. And she'll reply with your CPE certificate. Pretty simple, right? Now, one more thing before we get into the weeds in Poland. Let's take a look at transfer pricing in the news. New OECD guidance for its members on the long-term coronavirus fallout is looking at a glass substantially emptier than before the crisis, no matter what angle you take on it. The highlights, if that's what you want to call them, a big emphasis in here on how the recovery will be economically gradual, that many jurisdictions may have wildly differing approaches than others, and often those policies will change or try to change on a dime to respond to an ever-shifting situation on the ground. Even if you were able to see this coming, the OECD says that magic crystal ball of yours won't get you so far in a post-COVID world since little else about the pandemic's impact will be so predictable. Despite comprehensive economic data dating back to the Spanish flu just over a century ago and the Great Depression a decade later, the OECD characterizes COVID's impact as distinctly unprecedented in the context of 21st century life. Estimated efforts to curb its spread will shrink global economies anywhere from one-fifth to one-quarter of their usual output and eliminate one-third of global consumer spending. Well, not to get all Dr. Pangloss about it, but at least the glass is like three-quarters to four-fifths full, right? The IRS also started getting ahead of questions surrounding what the heck are we all supposed to do now that there's this whole pandemic thing going on just in time for April 15th. Everyone's favorite Internal Revenue Service issued guidance following the release of an agency-wide directive to employees on how to apply penalties for transfer pricing audits. In it, they recommend taxpayers thoroughly explain losses impacting companies' results in their documentation ahead of filing for 2020. The IRS also thinks a little self-assessment won't hurt either, preferably in the form of some sensitivity analysis of new major profit level indicators and comparables here and there that may be rejected and have an impact on the arm's length range. Lastly, no one likes coming forward about having their hand in the cookie jar, but knowing whether or not you're in compliance ahead of time and being transparent about it may help you in the long run. While just about the rest of life on Earth grinds to a halt, nothing seems to be stopping the venerable tsunami of unilateral digital service taxes. The latest, a 2% equalization tax from India on, quote, e-commerce supply or services provided or facilitated by non-resident e-commerce operators to Indian-based customers on or after April 1st, 2020. 
The equalization levy is a little different than your usual DST in that it's a direct tax withheld at the time of payment by the service recipient, but is still about as often applied to online sales. In friendly reminder that this levy is just the latest upping of the ante by India, which is seen as something of a leader among eyeball economies where online customers live. All to push the OECD to get their pillars one in two proposals over the finish line or get out of the race. Unfortunately, it seems like global leadership is a little too preoccupied lately to spend any energy accruing international consensus on anything even remotely resembling digital taxes. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai tpu. Milena, thank you so much for joining us today. You've been with Cross Border Solutions for quite a while, but for the listeners who don't know, how did you get into transfer pricing? Oh, uh, I guess I guess it was a natural choice for my first big four team, finance and banking group. Uh, I have an economic background, and most of my colleagues were lawyers, and so I became a tipit expert within my first team. And what do you find most compelling about it? Oh, transfer pricing combines economic knowledge with tax law. So when you deal with transfer pricing issues, you have to find a connection between those two words. You cannot focus only on economic uh, analysis or only on the tax law. You have to understand the transaction and the business to properly fulfill the legal requirements and business needs. And for me, that makes transfer pricing really interesting. Yes. And of course, things have changed in transfer pricing in how multinational companies go about their international taxes in the last five years since you started across border for sure. Uh, but just on a personal level, what do you feel are, are the biggest changes that you've seen personally in transfer pricing? So before BEPS, transfer pricing was treated as a low risk issue. However, as time flies, the risk increases, and in many countries, it is now high. Before BEPS, there was no set deadline for documentation. There was no master file or benchmarks were not required. Uh, I think transfer pricing will become very strong and important part of business activity. And based on my observations, I guess um, it will be better explained in the near future by numerous guidelines covering the transfer pricing issues like methods used, types of transactions, and other issues. Before BEPS, transfer pricing audits were not so common and resulted in immaterial assessments for taxpayers. After BEPS, the assessments uh, within transfer pricing controls in Poland increased very much. The tax authorities are now much more experienced. They engage former Big Four employees, the tax authorities have also good tools, including AI tools, to select the taxpayers to be audited. They are way more effective now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there, Milena. The landscape clearly has changed. And, and just like you, you know, the, the transfer pricing wasn't something we studied in school, right? It kind of uh, fell into our laps when we started. And now it's even even from an educational perspective, there are programs specifically focused on transfer pricing. It's become that much more of, a, of an issue these days, right? So, But I think that segues very nicely into our topic of choice, which is to talk about Poland and, and Poland's transfer pricing environment today. So let's start with the basics. Is Poland a member of the OECD and, and does it adhere to the OECD guidelines? 
Yes, uh, Poland is a member of uh, the OECD, and in many cases uh, it adheres to the guidelines that OECD provides. Okay, and then you know the documentation requirements as it stands today. So tell us a little bit about uh, what those look like for for Polish companies. Yes, of course. So uh, we have local file and master file, and they are required uh, on a yearly basis. Uh, we have, however, thresholds for 2019. They're changed uh, as compared with previous years. And now they are based on the value of the transaction that has to be documented uh, in the local file or master file. And uh, for transactions con concluded with uh, entities from tax havens, the uh, tre threshold is, um, up, is uh, 100,000 zloty, which is approximately $26,000. And then uh, for uh, transactions involving services, goods, and other, um, we have two million uh, slotted threshold, which is about uh, half million dollars. And we have also 10 million slotted threshold uh, for financial transactions. Um, the, the important issue that is uh, different from previous years is that, is that uh, benchmarks uh, is not uh, stipulated in the law directly that benchmarks have to cover local comparables. It was removed in 2019. However, each local file now should include benchmarking uh, and or a description of transfer pricing uh, compliance with arm's length principle. Uh, in such description is prepared in case uh, when benchmarking is not appropriate, taking into account the characteristic of a given transfer pricing method, or if it's not possible despite acting with due diligence. And we have also uh, obligation to prepare a local file without benchmarking for the transactions that are even out of scope due to the threshold. However, upon request of the tax authorities, we have to present the, uh, such local file within uh, 30 days. So let uh, me just make sure I understand actually, because mm -hmm. this, is, this is somewhat uh, a new, right? Mm -hmm. So the local file requires visibility into all of the intercompany transactions, right? Into all of the different, as long as it meets the threshold. Yes, first mm -hmm. and foremost, okay. And then an economic analysis and benchmarking is required in depending on the transaction. But am I understanding correctly that Poland has loosened the local comparable requirement? Like Polish uh, comparable requirement, is that what is happening? Uh, in a way, because we have now very interesting, um, I would say, event in Poland. We have a transfer pricing forum that is organized by the Polish Minister of Finance. And uh, during that forum, there, is, there are working groups who prepare recommendations for different types of issues in transfer pricing. One of them uh, is benchmark. And, um, and, from the, and they are working this out, but then my, the Polish Ministry of Finance accepts those uh, recommendations and issues them as official recommendations for Polish taxpayers. And one of those recommendations uh, said very clearly that we are not obliged to use only local comparables. We are obliged to use the, 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 those comparables that are the best for the given transaction. However, we should always try to in, uh, include local <clears throat> comparables into the okay. benchmark. Okay, so, so this idea of comparability is is more adherent to comparability of functions as we normally see from a transfer pricing perspective, and then you know the country restriction has has loosened, but clearly there's still a, a preference for local comps if if they're available, right? And we want to make sure that we always look for that. Yes, of course, and uh, okay. you can always hear uh, that from from our clients that from their experience that. Uh, uh, tax authorities, uh, Polish tax authorities, would prefer very often local comparables. Yeah, yeah. They usually so do. It's, it's much yes. easier to control for uh, country differences if, if that's or market conditions if that are the case, right? So, 
Yes, of course. And it's much safer to use local comparables. Yeah. Although we have also arguments uh, that we don't have to use them all the time. But if we have, have local comparables in our benchmark, then our benchmark would be much safer. Okay. What about CBCR notifications and, and reporting requirements? So the CBCR, are, the report is mandatory if uh, consolidated group revenues or costs are more than approximately um, $850 million. Um, it refers for capital groups, of course. And how, however, what's, what's important, the deadline for CBC notification, not report, has been changed recently. For 2019, the taxpayers have to notify the tax authorities until end of March uh, 2020. Uh, if their their tax year is the same as uh, calendar year, um, and before that, previously it was the end of the given year. So it's the the huge uh, change in the deadline here. Yep, yeah, and that's the notification requirement, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, and and the Poland has entered into the multilateral instrument, the MCAA. Uh, which which uh, document? The the, the multilateral instrument for that the OECD has asked for multiple con the automatic exchange of information. Yes, of right? course. Yes, okay. of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So MCAA, just to clarify, is the multilateral competent authority agreement. So it's it's the framework that allows for the standardization of and sharing of information. So does Poland have any other local requirements that taxpayers should know about? Yes, uh, starting 2019, we are obliged to use Polish language in local file. However, we allowed to use English version of master file. And master file may be prepared by other party than the, the taxpayer. However, although we are allowed to use English version of master file, I have to stress that, not local file, then we are obliged to prepare translation upon request, and we have then 30 days uh, after tax authorities ask us for this. So, and I know that Poland has been pretty active in the transfer pricing front, and they revised its legislation in, in 2019. Tell us a little bit about the key changes in the requirements. So the key change is uh, the thresholds, uh, which I already mentioned. So they are based uh, now on the value on, of the transaction. Before that, the, the thresholds uh, referred to costs or revenues of the taxpayer. Mm -hmm. So now it's um, diff totally different. Then uh, as, uh, as regards master file, it's only required if entity is required to prepare local file and if it belongs to the group of related entities that uh, prepare consolidated financial statements where the revenue exceeds 200 million zloty, which is approximately 50 million dollars. And it's uh, the value of this first to previous year, not the given year. And master file, as I mentioned, may be prepared in English. Uh, and we have new exemptions for Polish tax residents, provided that they, the parties do not have corporate income tax exemption. Uh, they, do, they do not benefit from special economic uh, zone tax exemption and they do not incur tax losses. So uh, we have three conditions for uh, Polish tax residents and if they are all met, they do not have to prepare uh, transfer pricing documentation. Uh, what's important that uh, we have to submit a formal statement uh, on documentation each year and the wording of the formal statement has been changed. Currently, the taxpayers have to submit a statement that the local file was prepared and that the prices in controlled transactions have been set in line with arm's length principle. Right, and, and, and that attestation, by the way, also was to demonstrate that the report was prepared contemporaneously, right? Exactly, that, that's, the, that's the key issue. So we don't have to submit the local file to the tax authorities but we have to submit this statement and if we uh, and if tax authorities prove that we that the statement was uh, untrue then we have uh, very huge sanctions for uh, board members so and the new issue uh, which is uh, constantly under change is the new tpr 
um, that uh, that will uh, that replaces the uh, previous uh, form and is and it's ma much more detailed now. And just something to I wanted to highlight because the master file requirement, if it's based on uh, uh, the 200 million Zlotsky, which is approximately 50 million uh, US dollars, that's actually a much lower threshold than many jurisdictions. So Poland and the Netherlands, um, just to name a couple countries, that master file requirement, clearly in Poland, it's it, it also depends on whether or not the Polish entity has to do a local file, but it, it is a lower threshold than the standard um, 750 million euros as, as recommended by the OECD guidelines, right? Exactly. What do we want to, do we want to ask Fiona what the TPR form is? And just to interrupt very quickly for a moment, Fiona, what is the TPR form? The TPR form is an electronic tax information form that requires transfer pricing prices to be reported. Introduced on January 1, 2019, TPR replaces the corporate income tax and personal income tax forms and must contain information about general finances, related entities and controlled transactions, transfer pricing methodology, the arm's length nature of the transaction, and the result of the comparability analysis. Thank you, Fiona. And before we move on, let's give everyone the first CPE code word for this episode. And that word is nature, as in the arm's length nature of the transaction that Fiona just mentioned. And back to our conversation. So, Melena, can you tell us some additional information about the, this new TPR form and requirement? Uh, TPR form is to ensure better efficiency uh, of selecting taxpayers for tax controls. It's one of these AI tools that Polish tax authorities use to select taxpayers to be audited. It came out in January uh, 2019. Uh, taxpayers have uh, time until the end of September 2020 uh, to submit the form. However, there are some issues with this file. Um, but before that, um, I would just mention that taxpayers are required to indicate the transaction types with related parties. Uh, and it is far more detailed than in the previous one form. Also, the specific information on methods of calculating the transfer prices is, is required. Um, the form has to present different data based on the type of the method used. Like for uh, CAP, we have to indicate the, <clears throat> the type of comparable data, internal or external, minimal and maximal price, price applied by the taxpayer. For TNMM, uh, we have to indicate type of comparable data used, applied, profit level indicator, upper and lower range, taxpayer's profit level indicator and its value, statistical tools to narrow the range. So the data provided in the new form are very detailed and they cause many problems to taxpayers as for now. Um, and um, what's important, there are very high penalties if we failed to submit or we d did not submit uh, on time the form or we made false statements. However, due to these difficulties, because as for now, we don't have forum ready yet, although it's March. Hmm. And um, during this forum of transfer pricing, Ministry of Finance um, confirmed uh, when asked by um, participants that it, um, it's considering lowering the penalties since the form contains numerous errors and wording that may be confusing and unclear. In consequence, some, da some data that are required may be misunderstood and therefore, the taxpayers may be in a position of, of providing untrue data unintentionally. Right. Some, and some taxpayers have really big issues here. For example, banks taking into consideration the number of transactions they have. The form is just endless for them. Wow. Wow, because they want to look at it on a transaction by transaction basis. But one thing that you said to me, I mean, in, in terms of the details of that form, which is really interesting, is that even though the documentation and the economic analysis doesn't need to be filed, you mm -hmm. actually need to prepare all that and have the economic analysis done in order to prepare this form. So all the those components of information, you still need to have that done. And it's almost like... This is, you know, the, the, the Polish tax authority's way to make sure that 
a taxpayer has all of its it has its contemporaneous documentation in place because without it, it's hard to answer some of these questions, right? Yes, exactly. That's an issue because and they can very easily see without even checking the benchmark on local or local file mm -hmm. the, the the details of the transaction. Yeah, that, that's why it's. I would say the taxpayers should pay huge attention to this form. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we are asking uh, also the Ministry of Finance to postpone the deadline. Um, right. Their last forum was a few weeks ago uh, and before that spread of virus uh, in, in the world. And we all, all then asked the Ministry of Finance to postpone the deadline, but they then said that uh, they don't consider it. And that sounds like a great CPE code word. Before we move on, this is the second CPE code word for the episode, and that word is postpone, as in Poland taxpayers asked the Ministry of Finance to postpone the deadline for documentation requirements. And back to our conversation. And are there any other special benchmarking requirements now being considered? Uh, yes, of course. So in 2019, uh, local benchmarks were rather considered mandatory. Now they are not anymore. And this benchmark is required every three years. But we should remember one issue. The Polish tax law requires benchmarks even often uh, earlier if there is a noteworthy change in economic territory, which happens now, in my opinion. And taxpayer must also present a part of the info that is used for benchmarking, namely the comparative data have to be presented in electronic form that enables its editing, grouping, sorting, and verification of calculations performed including financial ratios uh, adapted and uh, accepted and rejected as part of this analysis, together with their description uh, related to transactions concluded by an entity and so on. So there are many data that should be provided electronically. It's, it's the second part of this um, uh, AI, I would say, solution for tax uh, authorities because they will use it just to recalculate and double check our benchmark. Yeah, well, just to verify that the calculations are correct, right? Number one. Yeah, it was actually really interesting because I think there was even a question about whether or not it's it's almost like local comparables were mandatory, even if the tested party was not based in Poland, right? And there were some mm -hmm. questions about whether or not that was the case. And it really wasn't 100% clarified. But, but, you know, as an economist, as a um, as a transfer pricing expert, I think we all probably would agree that it would be it would be ideal to look for comparables that are in the same territory as the tested party, right? To control for country risk factors mm -hmm. in that case. Exactly. Yeah. And and just one one issue as regards the Polish benchmarks, we have in Poland safe harbors for loans and low value adding services with markup on costs. For uh, low value adding services, it's 5%. And for, um, lo uh, for, uh, for loans, uh, we have base rate uh, plus margin of 2%. It is certified um, by uh, Polish Ministry of Finance each year. And for okay. this year, it's 2%. And, and I think you brought up a really good, important point that although Poland, it doesn't require a benchmark you know, every year, it's still important to evaluate benchmarking when there are changes in the economic territory. And, and as, as we know, the current environment right now is such that we're going to see some significant fluctuations in the market. There's going to be some global economic impact as a result of what's happening with, you know, external market factors, right? Exactly. Based on your experience and, and everything going on with, the current environment, Milena, how aggressive are Polish tax authorities currently? And, and what is the likelihood of this transfer pricing audit in Poland? Because clearly they're getting a lot of information now, right? Yes, and they need this information uh, to type uh, who will be audited in Poland. The chance of, uh, of transfer pricing audits are high now. 
Um, I uh, Polish tax authorities are considered uh, aggressive. I would say that uh, the Polish tax authorities are very effective since they are now experienced and they use AI to select the taxpayers to be audited. And in practice, we have now the number of uh, transfer pricing audits is lower than in the previous years, but the numbers they are reaching there are much higher. So, so based on information that taxpayers provide uh, in the forms, they know where to look and whom to check. And what about penalties? How significant are the penalties in Poland for failure to comply, even, even just you know, failure to have contemporaneous documentation, right? So, mm -hmm. so uh, from uh, 2019, it changed uh, a little bit because before we have this sanction rate of 50% um, on the amount of assessment uh, resulting from the transaction terms, which were inconsistent with the arm's length principle. <laughs> And uh, now we have uh, some new uh, solutions called additional tax uh, liability. And if the tax loss has been overstated or tax profit has been understated, there can be a 10% penalty tax rate. And um, this could be doubled uh, to 20% if the basis for uh, additional tax liability exceeds uh, 15 million zloty. Uh, or the taxpayer does not present the documentation. Uh, and it could be also tripled to 30% uh, if the amount exceeds 50 million zloty and the taxpayer does not uh, present the documentation. Um, and what's important, um, it's not only the documentation, but uh, as I mentioned, the accurate uh, information that we present in the TP form, for example, and in the statement that we submit uh, at the end of September. So uh, it, it's not only lack of uh, documentation like it was in previous years. Uh, Polish taxpayers have now much more obligation to, to be fulfilled. A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it. So what's stopping you? If an expensive application process is turning you off, sorry, now you really have no excuse. Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven R&D tax credit software eliminates the need for pricey consultants and allows you to apply for R&D credits all over the world for one low fee. After all, why should you have to spend your whole R&D tax credit on getting your R&D tax credit? It's your money. Keep more of it with Cross Border Solutions, the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. Request a demo today. Visit xbs.ai/rd. That's xbs.ai/rd. Poland, I know, it was an, is a really interesting country. There have been a lot of changes over the past three or four years in response to the OECD BEPS action plan. Why do you think Poland has made so many changes to their transfer pricing legislation and their policies when, you know, in the pre-BEPS era, they didn't really focus on transfer pricing at all? What do you think the, the tax authorities are trying to accomplish? I guess that in some extent the changes are the result of the cooperation between Polish Ministry of Finance and taxpayers and tax advisors. The first regulations introduced uh, in 2017 uh, resulted directly from BEPS works. So it was a natural consequence of OECD works. In April 2018, the Polish Ministry of Finance organized the first transfer pricing forum it became uh, an effective platform to discuss the new regulations with the tax authorities. The meetings are organized on a quarterly basis. The working groups have already prepared recommendations that were accepted by the Ministry of Finance. Some issues are still under discussion. Uh, as an example, the local comparables are not directly required starting from 2019, and it was recommended by one of the working groups of the forum. 
any issues relating to the transfer pricing regulations may be raised and discussed during this forum. And I guess that that's the key point uh, now in Poland. And do you also think, yeah, and I'm, this is more from a curiosity perspective, Milena, do you think that over the past few years, Poland has attracted more multinational operations to build entities and subsidiaries in, in Poland? Um, and that now this is also a, much more of a reason why you know, the Polish tax authorities are, are, are taking a look at this more closely? Uh, well, on one hand, yes, I think so. It's, it's the reason. However, on the other hand, uh, I think that this uh, attention that is much, now much higher than in the previous years results from international approach uh, from this BEPS uh, initiative. And we, the Polish authorities, saw an opportunity there just to get uh, more taxes from taxpayers and to close the tax system to uh, avoid uh, uh, those taxpayers um, that uh, avoid taxes. Last year, Poland sought to relieve the administrative burdens, um, you know, with the changes on the 2019 transfer pricing regulations, with the loosening of the comparable benchmarking requirements and, and things of that nature. How do you think the taxpayers have responded to that? Yeah, but one issue here, because changes within transfer pricing that were introduced at the beginning of uh, 2019 uh, for sure help uh, to reduce uh, obligations uh, as regards documentation. However, on the other hand, they, were, they may be, um, give a source for tax authorities to um, get taxpayers into uh, serious sanctions, regardless of the fact if they prepare the documentation or not. And the taxpayers have now to confirm that the terms of transactions with related parties are at arm's length. For 2018, they could choose which regulation they would like to apply, uh, and they adopted the more favorable, taking into account thresholds and requirements. I mean that for 2018, it's very interesting because uh, you could choose in Poland if you would like to apply the regulations that were present in 2017 and 18, mm -hmm. or you would like to apply the new regulations for 2019. And the Polish taxpayers were just double checking which uh, regulations are better for them. Uh, but as I, as I mentioned, one of the key issue here was the statement that you have to submit to the tax authorities that uh, you're confirming the arm's length rule. It's, it's, it was the huge uh, issue that stopped taxpayers to use the new regulations for 2018. Mm -hmm. And now it's not really a choice anymore. Plus, there's all these additional reporting requirements on top of that with the TPR. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's why uh, the ben benchmarks will be much more common, although they are required every three years. But then if you have to confirm that your transactions in a given year are yep. at arm's length, then you should have benchmark for that. Yeah, that's right. That's, it's, it's, especially if the market conditions have changed. Right. And then how are you going to assess that, you know, on a high level? So. I mean, beyond beyond just the transfer pricing risk assessment requirements now, there's also DAC 6 requirements. Is that something that Poland has Poland has also adopted as part of the EU? Yes, of course. And I think we were the first country that adopted DAC 6. And that, that led to many complications because when you are the first one, you are a tested party, so um, you have to check how the regulations work. And uh, in Poland, uh, this was used as a, it is used everywhere as a part of extensive measures of sealing the Polish tax system and to prevent tax evasion. Uh, the, the main goal of DAC6 is to increase transparency and uh, fairness in taxation. And what's important, it was introduced uh, by EU in 2018. However, most uh, EU countries moved it forward 
and it will be it should be uh, introduced this year. Um, generally, uh, DAC6 con contains five different hallmarks, so categories that represent a transaction's risk for, of tax avoidance. But in Poland, it was introduced last year on 1st January uh, 2019. We have here much wider reporting requirements. Um, it applies to entities acting as promoters, beneficiaries of service providers that are non-resident, established or managed in Poland. Additionally, uh, DAXIS in Poland um, covers apart from corporate income tax, individual tax, and inheritance tax, also VAT, local tax, as well as transfer tax. We have also here more hallmarks, much more than in this directive. Uh, what's important, we have to report also domestic transactions. And for many taxpayers here in Poland, uh, the most terrifying issue uh, are the penalties for non-compliance because they are extremely high they amount to approximately 5 million euro. Wow. Just, just for non-compliance in DAX 6. Well, it's, it's funny because, I mean, now Poland's going to get all this information from taxpayers, lots of visibility into the intercompany transactions. I, I'm curious, does the Polish tax authority have enough manpower to understand what to do with this data and actually be able to deploy its resources to target areas of concern? They are constantly looking for new employees and they <laughs> have, but they have really very strong um, professionals because they are working people uh, that were working for big four companies. In transfer pricing the department, uh, there are people who are tax advisors mm -hmm. uh, who worked for big four who are working uh, at the universities so they are very experienced and they know almost everything on transfer pricing now also in other um, taxes uh, like VAT corporate income tax there are tax advisors former big four so why did Poland roll out DAX 6 so quickly i think they rolled it out 18 months prior to the deadline, it looks like most countries were expected to adopt DAC 6 requirements sometime this year. So, you know, there are still countries that still haven't adopted it, but I think the deadline is sometime around the end of June. Yes, exactly. And I think Poland uh, adopted DAC 6 so early because very good measure of sealing of the Polish tax system. And um, they are looking now for any possible tools, um, regulations that will close the system and uh, that will allow them to eliminate, I would say, those who avoid taxes and to identify them very easily. Uh, I would say that was the, the key issue here. Uh, however, it raised many uh, issues here in Poland due to this wider uh, obligations that were uh, put uh, here on the taxpayers, uh, like these intermediaries, promoters. Um, there is an issue what should be reported and by whom it should be reported. Um, and it's constant uh, discussion in this uh, regard in Poland here. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the issue about what constitutes being an intermediary, right? Exactly. So we, we had talked about this briefly at one point, you know, because I think it's not, it's a little bit of a gray area, whether or not you're actually, you know, providing tax advice that, that is reportable, because, you know, my thought is that a taxpayer ultimately takes that piece of advice and from a taxpayer, and then they have to decide whether or not to execute on it. So perhaps there needs to be more of a bright line test to figure out exactly what constitutes being an intermediary. Perhaps it's on the execution side of it, as opposed to purely just no. the advisory side, right? Yeah, but uh, in some cases you have to just report the transaction even if, if you don't have knowledge if it was uh, executed or not by the taxpayer. 
And there is uh, this very uh, interesting issue because uh, you, you have to report it or you have to check with the client if he has a reported transaction. So it's very time consuming and uh, um, it makes uh, a little bit mess here in Poland in this respect. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a challenge for for every company out there. Um, and, and then it becomes, you know, almost prohibitive to say you want to provide any sort of tax advisory support. I don't know. It's going to change yeah. the landscape. Yes, of course. Okay. But uh, the po Polish Association of the Tax Advisors uh, fights with this. So because it's very unusual that the tax advisor has to report to the tax authority anything uh, about his uh, client. And it shouldn't work this way. Uh, that's why uh, they are making some efforts uh, to change this law as yep. regards tax advisors. Well, lots of changes, in, especially in Poland. Do you think that there will be more changes likely in the next few years? And if so, any particular areas that you were thinking um, might be at risk? Um, as results from unofficial information, because there is no official information in this respect, the, the Polish Ministry of Finance indicated that no further significant changes are expected. However, they also mentioned that they will take into consideration all works made within BEPS initiative. So uh, currently the Polish uh, Transfer Pricing Forum works on TPR, uh, form and the guidelines uh, for the Polish taxpayers with respect to transfer pricing. The key uh, working papers relate to given transfer pricing methods, uh, TP form, so there can be expected some explanations from the Ministry of Finance in the near future. As an example, this Polish Ministry of Finance is waiting for works uh, provided by within BEPS initiative like Pillar 1, or Pillar 2, and they will adjust the Polish regulations uh, with respect of those new regulations. And pardon me, everybody, but if I can just backtrack here in a way that might best summarize this for listeners, maybe in the form of a question uh, Mimi and Milena have already answered through the, the last few responses, but just more directly, what exactly were the regulations that were relaxed here and, and to what extent? Poland only relaxed one small component of the regulations, which is this idea that you have to have local comparables. That's the only thing they relaxed. And, and I, perhaps that's, that's my takeaway. And really, now that they've, they've actually increased the burden associated with the reporting requirements, um, the level of information that you need to report on. And just to maintain the recap here, they changed thresholds as well, correct? They changed thresholds, uh, totally. It's a totally different approach because before changes, you have to look at the cost or revenues of the taxpayer. It was the uh, indicator for the threshold. And now the indicator is value of the transaction. Apart from thresholds, some um, taxpayers... Uh, uh, do not have to uh, prepare any transfer pricing documentation, but the, the, there are the, those Polish tax residents that uh, met all three conditions. And of course, there are many uh, different interpretations uh, which uh, taxpayers can actually use those exemptions. Thank you, Milena. And if I can turn to Fiona very quickly for a somewhat anachronistic interruption not to give our editing game away but fiona now it's been a few weeks since we recorded this podcast about poland and given the coronavirus pandemic the country has made some changes on doc six can you tell us about those changes sure matt as you know poland was ahead of the game with doc six it launched the scrutinous reporting requirement in january 2019 a whole 18 months before it had to but given the coronavirus Poland has suspended Act 6 requirements until June 30th, 2020. And that'll make our final CPE code word for this episode, the third of this episode, and that code word is suspended. As in, given the coronavirus, Poland has suspended Doc 6 requirements until June 30th, 2020. 
Note to multinational companies everywhere, if you think the coronavirus has affected your bottom line, take a look at how it's devastated the economies of governments around the world. And where do you think tax authorities will look to make up for all that lost revenue? That's right, your transfer pricing. You can't afford to be non-compliant, but then you probably can't afford to pay for an overpriced consultant who bills by the hour either. Oops, sorry, Big Four. We've got the answer. Cross-border solutions, AI-powered transfer pricing software keeps you in compliance by preparing accurate, hyper-localized reports that protect you from transfer pricing audits, penalties, and adjustments. And our technology is available for one flat fee, a fraction of what you'd pay a big-name consultant. Again, apologies, Big Four. Stay in compliance and on budget with Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven transfer pricing software. It's no wonder we're the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. There we go again. I'm so sorry, Big. You you know what? Wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of Cross Border Solutions Transfer Pricing Technology today at xbs.ai slash TP. That's xbs.ai slash TP. And we came, we Warsaw, and we conquered Poland's transfer pricing, that is. Poland has had an action-packed three years, and somehow the country's tax motives are still hard to read. One day, Poland is relaxing requirements. Next, it's jump-starting Doc 6. Talk about putting the pole in polar opposites. One thing is for sure... Poland keeps things interesting when it comes to transfer pricing. And speaking of interesting, we get to learn more about our fascinating expert, Milena, on our rapid fire segment, What We Want to Know. Let's do this. Milena, what mistakes do you see multinational companies make again and again? So from my perspective and my experience, they do not communicate enough uh, to ensure that the risk of any inconsistency in the documentation is mitigated. They have also risky assumptions based on their experience with tax audits. Uh, the tax authorities adjust to the new business models and develop, uh, develop their uh, skills by hiring high experienced professionals, very often from big four. And what is more important, they exchange information between different jurisdictions and use AI tools for transfer pricing. Taxpayers should be prepared as well one piece of advice for people just starting their career in transfer pricing, go. I would say in three words, read, learn, practice. And if you could spend a full day doing what you love, what would you do? Oh, I would ride my bicycle, eat sushi, and watch movies in the evening with my family and friends. And what would be your last meal on earth? If I could only choose, it would be sushi. <laughs> At least you're consistent. What is your proudest career accomplishment so far? Uh, for me, uh, the most constructive uh, are the nice recognitions from my clients and colleagues. Thanks to them, I believe that uh, I do what I should do in my life and that I'm doing it right. Malena, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and sharing your expertise. If you've missed any Fiona Show discussions, don't be shy. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we'll fill you in on transfer pricing every week. While you're at it, subscribe to our sister show, The Fiona Show Hot Off the Press, and we'll keep you up to speed on transfer pricing headlines from around the globe. This podcast was edited, engineered, and hosted by yours truly, Matthew DeMello. They even let me write the news. Associate producer Christy Clement wrote the script what's on the docket for next week there's only one way to find out